All right, welcome to season one, episode four of the Motivational Podcast. I'm your host, Jude Nebo. I'm joined by my guest, Travalis Blount. Would you like to introduce yourself? How you doing, sir? I'm a IFBB Pro um, physique bodybuilder. So the, the smallest version of, of a pro bodybuilder. <laughs> hey, smallest pro, still a pro. So how long have you been in fitness? Um, I've, I've always been into fitness. You know, I grew up playing sports, running track. Um, I got into bodybuilding seriously right around 2008. And you know, like most people say, it's a lifestyle. I just kind of, you know, developed um, a bunch of different habits that uh, that kind of led me to where I am today. Uh, so you, pl- you played sports in high school, I'm assuming? Yeah, I played sports in high school, ran track and played football. Um, we won the state title in the 4x100 in my junior year. Uh, we ran forty-one thirty-five, which was a blazing time back then. Uh, not not so much fast, you know. Now all these what twenty years later, twenty-five years later. Uh, I played football uh, my sophomore and junior season. Uh, I played receiver my sophomore year, and I played running back my junior year. And uh, I wound up not playing my senior year to kind of focus on on track and field. Okay. What's the highest level you got up to in track and field? Did you play in college by any chance? I actually earned a couple uh, college scholarships, but uh, I decided to go the academic route. Academic route. Uh, what, what college you t- did you attend? Uh, University of Central Florida in Orlando. UCF Knights. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So what made you decide to not pursue uh, sports in, in, uh, in college? <sighs> That's a really good question. Um... Up until I was probably 17 or so, you couldn't have told me that I wasn't going to the NFL. Right. That's that's just, that's kind of how my mindset was. And whereas I'm sure a lot of athletes or, you know, young high school kids believe that, I was actually hitting the milestones along the way. Um, you know, running certain times and, you know, being ranked, you know, certain in the state or maybe certain in the nation or what have you. Um, and my junior year of football just didn't go as I had planned. Um, I had a good season, but not a great season. And me and the coach kind of butted heads and it sort of became like a job. It wasn't fun anymore. And football had, had always been fun to me. Um, fast forward a little bit, going into that, that spring, because, you know, football takes place in the fall. During that spring, um, we had this this amazing track season um, where the first time that we, we stepped on the, the track, um, we broke the school record. And from then on, we just continued to lower it and lower it. And it finally culminated in us winning the state title. Um, I think that was like 4A or 5A back in 1993, because I'm old. And then actually track became, you know, a legitimate a legitimate option to go to college. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oftentimes, right. track and field doesn't, because it does. it's not a big money sport, it doesn't produce a lot of money. It's, it's really hard to get a track scholarship. You know, more so than, say, football, you know? Right. But because we'd won the state title and got, you know, some recognition, um, some some schools, be, you know, began calling and, and courting me. Right, right. So... It sounds like you were good at football pretty young, huh? If you were getting ranked 
not even in your in your junior year, you must have some pretty good attention as a sophomore then, right? Yeah. Um, in Florida, we have junior high schools, uh, which means that, you know, they're seven, eight, nine. So my ninth grade year, I right. played, you know, junior high school football. But my 10th grade year, I went up to Palm Bay High School. And we had one of the best backs in the state at that point in time. He rushed for well over 2,000 yards. So I know that, you know, going in, I knew I wasn't going to play. I wasn't going to start. I wasn't going to get the ball. Um, But over that season, you know, I developed and actually got, you know, progressively better. Um, And I thought that in my junior year, I'd be given an opportunity, you know, to play a little more and kind of you know show my skills um but the coach had some different ideas and he uh he changed the offense and it really didn't it didn't benefit me right i understand so um coming from that sports background uh it's interesting that you ended up still being a pro athlete just in the physique side so how do you think that you're athletic background served you in your uh, fitness It career. actually kind of goes together. Um, <laughs> I remember going on my recruiting visit to the University of Florida and <laughs> I'm probably, you know, 16, maybe like 165, maybe 170 pounds soaking wet, you know? And we get to go into the locker room after the game and their starting running back was, you know, in there and just kind of sitting in his locker, you know, pads off after the game. And it was a guy named Eric Rett who wound up going to the league and, you know, having a really good career. Played for the Buccaneers and some other teams. Right. Um, but, you know, I went in the locker room and kind of in that moment, you know, I'm looking at him just kind of sitting there. He was probably, you know, 215, maybe even 220. And in... How tall you think? Um... I'm going to say 5'10-ish mm, maybe. Like, you know, a, a pretty, pretty good, solid. yeah, big bruising back, you know. And in that right. moment, I kind of realized that maybe I wasn't big enough to play Division One football. That had kind of been the knock on me. I was I was really fast. Um, up until my junior year, I had always been the fastest person, you know, in my grade growing up. Um, so, you know, quick feet or what have you you know, tough, ran big or whatever, but just just didn't have a lot of size. And while I was being recruited by some Division One programs, not as a receiver, I mean, not, not as a running back, as a receiver or, you know, kick return. Right. And I was like, no, I want to run between the tackles, you know, I run bigger than I am. You know, just give me a shot, you'll see. But, you know, a lot of times for Division One, they recruit by size. You know, they're of the mindset that I can teach you you know, the skills. I can teach you technique. I can't teach you to be, you know, 6'2". I can't teach you to be 225, so on and so forth. Exactly. Maybe maybe what they're saying is true. Maybe they do kind of understand this a little better than you do. Um, maybe you're not quite big enough to run between the tackles at a D1 school. And that just kind of always stuck with me, you know? Want to be big, want to be big. Um, no. So wound up, you know, going to college, graduating, began teaching, um, went back to graduate school, earned a master's degree, 
And after my master's degree, you know, I had been accustomed to going to school and working full time. And, and once I graduated, I had kind of all this time on my hands. Well, I still wanted to be big. Well, you know, you can't be big if you don't lift. So I joined right. a gym and, you know, began lifting. And, right, right. you know, in initially, like the first year or whatever, you know, put on some size, some muscle, but, you know, not like I wanted to. And I remember saying, you know, well, I'm pretty good at school. So let me let me treat it like school. Let me treat it like a class, you know, study, and do homework and research. And so I began to go online and, you know, do research and begin to study. And over time, like I really was able to put on, you know, some, some good size. And there about then, you know, people started, you know, to ask me, do you compete? Do you? I would always be like, no, I'm not big enough. I'm not big enough. And at this point, I was probably like, not big, maybe, maybe 100 and maybe 175, 180 pounds, you know, a good size man, okay. but not not big by any stretch. How tall are you, by the way? I'm 5'11 and a half. I tell people that if, if you are oh, taller yeah, okay. than me, then you're, you're true six feet. Uh, um, okay, so 5'11, 170. Okay, still pretty solid for the average person, I would say. Yeah, for, for the average person. Not, not an athlete, but for the average person, yeah. Um, right. I remember I was <laughs> – I'm, I'm in the locker room one day. I'm getting dressed to go to work. Um, because I would work out before work or whatever. I'd have to be there until nine. So I would go at like, you know, six in the morning, get my workout out and go to work and be done for the day. So one day, you know, I'm getting dressed. I'm kind of in the locker room and this guy, he's in the locker next to me. And he says, you know, if you ever decided to compete, I think you would do really well. And I said, well, you know, thank you. Um, you know, I've, I've thought about it, but I wouldn't really know where to begin. He was like, well, if you do decide to, you know, I'd be more than willing to help you. Now, I was like, you know, kind of a kind of a little skeptical because, you know, I'm, I'm I, I tend not to talk to people in the locker room, like in states of undress. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure as to what his motivation was or, you know, is he trying to hit on me? Like what, what's the deal? But uh, I came home and I, and she was like, yeah, you know, I, I think you should give it a go. I think you should try it out. So a couple of days later, I run into the guy again. I see him and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm on board. You know, how do, how do we do this? And immediately he puts me on a diet. And I had always been, you know, relatively lean and, you know, a thin guy. I'd never, ever dieted before in my life. And I was like, what? Like, right. what, what are you doing? I thought the, you know, purpose is to get big, like build muscle. Like, I don't, what? Diet? Cardio? Like, you know, didn't make sense to me. Uh. But, you know, I followed the diet or whatever. And he was already uh, a competitive amateur bodybuilder. And the show that I had selected to do was a local show in Florida and he was going to be off traveling someplace. So he was coaching me basically like over the phone, you know, I'd send pictures and so on and so forth. So after that first show, well, I guess let, let me back up or whatever. So he, he preps me or what have you. And literally before I began to compete, I'd only gone to see one show ever in my life. So I was like, I was a rube, like just, 
I, I had really no idea what to expect or what have you. Um, so I, I go to my first right. competition and I'm sitting backstage with the other guys and, you know, they're giving the instructions, you know, how the show is going to work, what time, so on and so forth. And, you know, I'm talking to this guy and he's like, you know, are you ready? And I was, I literally said, I, you know, I think so. You know, I don't, I don't know. And he says, well, do you have abs? And I was like, yeah. He was like, let me see. <laughs> so I lifted up my shirt and I could tell by his reaction, like he was surprised. So that made me feel better. I was more confident. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I am ready for this. Right. So literally, you know, we get ready to go out on stage. It's our turn or what have you. And I can remember, <laughs> and it, it sounds crazy, but as I'm, there's like an expediter who puts you in position and tells you, you know, when to walk on stage and what have you. I remember talking to the expediter right. and I was like, you know, I think I can do this professionally. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, yeah, you're almost there. And like I said, I'm, I'm sure I sounded like a, like a fool, like I said, a, a rube. I had literally my first competition. I hadn't, I hadn't even been on stage once yet. Um, right. But literally the moment I walked out there, I was like, this is for me. Like this is for me in a way that nothing else is for me. And this particular venue, like the control room in the back, it had like this big glass window. So as you were on stage, it worked like a mirror so you could see yourself. And I was like, this is awesome. And, um, you know, I wound up getting off stage or what have you. And, you know, some girls came up to me and, you know, people were being nice. And I was like, well, this, like, this is awesome. So, you know, bodybuilding, there's like a prejudging show in the morning and the finals, you come back that evening. So I came back that evening, get to go on stage again. I win my class. They give me this huge trophy. Like I said, you know, women want to take pictures with me. I was like, yeah, this, 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 <laughs> I, I'll definitely be back. And they were like, well, yeah, there's another competition. I'm like, you know, three or four weeks. Bet, um, you know, I'm stoked now. I, you know, <laughs> this try to keep me away so i called the guy and i was like right. hey you know i won and he was like yeah i thought you might and he wasn't excited like i was excited you know and i was like right. like you know I, I didn't quite get it he says well you know your body's pretty good and that's a smaller shell he's like you know i figured you would do well i'm not you know surprised you won so i told him i was like well they told me there's this other show in like three weeks um you know i've already entered i'm gonna win that one too He's like, well, you know, slow, slow your roll, partner. This, that, that's a much bigger show. Um, he's like, stay on the diet that I wrote for you. And when I come back into town, I'll take a look at you in person. So now I'm like, you know, P's and Q's, like dotting every I, you know, crossing every T, like diet, diet. I'm, I'm all about it now. And maybe like two weeks, he comes back home. And literally, I, I go to his house and I knock on the door. Before he can come to the door, I like strip off my shirt. And as he opens the door, I'm like standing there, you know, in shorts and bare chested. And he's like, not even in the house. Yet. Not, no, not even because I'm, I'm so, you know, like this is my new thing. I'm so excited. Right. And he opens the door. And again, I can tell by his reactions face. He was, like, oh, he said, well, maybe you might win. I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to win. So he right. continues to prep me or whatever. And it's actually the Dexter Jackson classic. 
um, who now is my favorite bodybuilder in the world, and I say arguably the greatest ever. Um, okay. So it's in Jacksonville, and we go to Jacksonville or whatever, and it is. It's a much bigger show. Um, but I was able to, you know, markedly improve in like that little, you know, two or three week window. And I wound up winning my height class. They had a, a short division and a tall division. And I wound up winning the tall division. So when you, when there's multiple divisions, they have an overall champion, right? So the tall guy goes out right. and competes against the short guy. This is only my second competition ever, you know? So we're up there and the guy on the mic says, how about a pose down? And I'm looking like, okay, I don't, what? Like, you know, cause I'd, I'd only ever done, you know, quarter turns. You go out, you know, you present, front, you know, right, back, left, back, front, and you keep it moving, you know? Like, it, because I'm old, I've been doing this for some time, it was markedly different back then. Like, guys don't even really. Uh, I have a quick question. Um, around what year is this? This is, this is 20, my first 20, 20. 2012. Okay, so one, one of physique's been around for about a year. Now. Of like physique guys, as as the division just really gets going. Okay, so you know the guy calls for a pose down or whatever, and literally I was like, I had I had no idea what to do because I you know I'd never been in that position before, but I was like you know I've seen a couple of these in magazines or whatever, so I did you know a double bicep. And that's a bodybuilder pose. And that was right. what clinched it for the other guy. And he, he wound up beating me. But I was like, you know, okay. okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. You know, I win my first show. I won my second show. Um, <laughs> so now, like I said, I, I've got the bug hard. Like, you know, I'm, I'm adopting the lifestyle. You know, I'm carrying the gallon of water. I'm, I'm eating the six meals a day. You know, I'm in the gym, you know, two hours, you know, so on and so forth, everything, everything. And, you know, I go to the next level. Okay, I, I want to go to a national competition now. You know, I've done well locally. I'm ready for, you know, the big stage, so to speak. And uh, like like most competitors, um, first national show, and I got hammered. Hammered. I <laughs> <laughs> my number was like 86 or what do you think went wrong it, nothing uh, went wrong just it kind of like when you go from high school sports to college sports everybody's an all-star right. like everybody's a superstar you know you don't it, it's going to take much more to stand out and catch their eye you know and okay so what do you think you were lacking at that time? um just development um i needed to get bigger i needed to get tighter um my posing needed to be better. Just just become a better seasoned athlete all the way around. There wasn't like one particular thing. Um, this only being my third competition, like it was still very brand new to me. And even though the division was just beginning, some of those people had already been competing for a year already. So they, you know, they were much more seasoned competitors better better stage presence right. um sometimes better musculature um just you know it's, it's, it's kind of a, a whole package that you kind of present when you're out there um but you know i i remember like standing there you know giving them my best 
And I'm, I'm almost saying to myself, like, why aren't they calling my number? Like, why, you know, why, this, it doesn't happen like this. Like, what, what? So I think I wound up being in like, I don't know, fourth call out, fifth call, way back, like way, way back, way back. But, you know, I often tell people sometimes the best that can happen to you is to get your ass handed to you. And that's what happened to me. Heard it all. I just came back home and I trained even longer, you know. And I wound up going to a couple more national competitions in 2013 and almost a year to the day, but like definitely within the month, um, I went to Team Universe in New York. And so to turn pro, you have to win a national show. And um, I, I won a national show. And I was like, wow, you know, you know, IFBB pro, you know, Travolis Blunt. This is, this is awesome. Um, so same sort of thing, you know, you're kind of the low guy on the totem again. You, you start over. I remember going to my first pro show and the, all right, in, in the professional ranks, the Super Bowl of bodybuilding is the Olympia. And it's always held in like So I picked a show that was in like October. So a lot of the guys were still coming off of the Olympia and they looked like those guys. And like I said, this was like in the early days where like Sadiq and Michael Anderson and Matt Acton and who were some of the others, Uh, you know, Jason Post. Mark Anthony was around. Yeah, Mark Anthony. Exactly. Exactly. You, Uh You know those names. Right. So this is October following the Olympia, whatever. And I remember they were like, all right, you know, physique guys, pump up, you know, get ready. And I remember taking my shirt off backstage and like I was I was literally embarrassed. I was like, oh, my God, like what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> like how, how can they be that, that, that same feeling again when you went from the, oh my God. the small show to the big show? Now you're at the. The pro level and it was top pro level now. It's and where my mindset had always been, I'm going to do well. I'm going to be in first call out. Da, 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 da. I literally was like, I looked around. I was like, oh, my God, I could get last. Like I, and that <laughs> it sounds kind of funny now, but that idea had it had never dawned on me. I was like, oh, my God. So, like I said, it's right after the Olympia. And oftentimes in a pro show, they'll line you up alphabetically. So the first guy to come out was Matt Acton, who was like, num- literally was number three in the world. So he goes out, he does his thing. Second guy to come out is Michael Anderson, number seven in the world, goes out, does his thing. I'm like, wow. Third guy to come out is me. So, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of a, you know, a hard spot to follow. Number three in the world, number seven in the world, and then this history teacher from Orlando. And again, I got my ass handed to me. I was like, okay. I I still loved it. I still loved it. And, you know, kind of, you know, got back on my grind and got with my coach and continued to get better and kind of progress. And I went to another show and that was a show in South Florida. I want to say like Fort Lauderdale. Went to another show in New Orleans later that summer. Or no, 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 no. I, my second pro show was the Orlando Europa, and I wound up placing 10th. 
and there was like like six Olympians there. So whereas 10th doesn't, well, okay, I guess, let, let me back up. That first show where I was like, I might get last, I almost got last. I got 14th out of 15. Right. So I was, whoo, yeah, I, you know, if, if I'm going to do this, I have to get, you know, market better. So my next show was the next year. Um, I opened in Orlando. I went to the Orlando Wow. My, my first pro show was a fine welcome to the IFBB. I remember being so excited, you know, being able to compete against a lot of the guys that I'd seen, like, you know, in the magazines and online and whatnot. Um, and the first show that I competed in took place in October, which was right after the Olympia. So everybody's still in, you know, peak condition. They still look like, you know, those guys that you see, like I said, in the magazines and online and so at a pro show, they have you come out alphabetically. And um, the first guy to go and take the stage was Matt Acton. Uh, at that point, he was number three in the world. And he looked like that guy. So he goes out and right. does his routine. Next guy to take the stage was Michael Anderson. Again, number seven in the world. You know, he goes out, he does his thing. You know, they're both Olympians, what have you. And, you know, luck of the draw, you know, A, B, my last name is Blunt. I'm the third guy to go out. So you have number three in the world, number seven in the world, and then history teacher from Orlando, Florida, <laughs> making his right. pro debut. And I got, <laughs> like I said, a fine, how do you do? I, I remember like taking right. my shirt off backstage and they were like, all right, you know, pros, get ready to, you know, pump up. You know, I ripped off my shirt, you know, like I was ready to do something. And I looked around, I was like, oh right. my God, what 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 have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I I thought I was a pretty good bodybuilder, but standing next to these guys, I looked like a little boy. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I've noticed uh the, the category seems to be a lot different than when it originated about almost what 10 years ago or so now like how do you how do you think it's changed yeah since you've I've, been a pro i've come to understand that basically it changes every three to four years you get a whole different generation a new crop of guys the look kind of changes what the judges are looking for um the standards so i've i've been around long enough that i've seen you know lots of different changes come and go back then in the early days we were more so supposed to be kind of like more like more like fitness models right kind of like and the beach body seen, type of exactly group. and you've seen over the years uh we've become literally just just a smaller version of a bodybuilder um right a lot more muscle um leanness has has become in in the in the early days they didn't want you to be so lean and so dry you know, like you said, they wanted you to look like that guy on the beach. But nowadays, if you're going to go to a show and compete and do well, you have to be dry, grainy, hard. You know, all of the things that you would have associated with, you know, open bodybuilder back in those days. The, the right. only difference now pretty much is, is the weight. And people don't understand that because physique doesn't have a weight limit, a lot of times the physique guys are bigger than the classic guys because they have, you know, a height to weight ratio. Right. I understand. Um, I, 
like you were saying, uh, I think was Steve Cook was the first. He was the first uh, physique pro. He looked like he had the, really the the model or the or the beach physique. He could like mm-hmm. just you could see him grabbing the surfboard and being right in the beach, right at home. And, like, exactly, and you know what? Now, what it seems like, yeah. You know what? What began to happen is you know the judges would oftentimes say, you know, this is the look we want. They would say, oh, you know, we don't necessarily want cap shoulders. We don't want you so dry and lean that, you know, you're vascular. But when you would go to the shows, those are the guys who would win and get rewarded. So regardless of what they were saying, you know, the other competitors would look and be like, oh, well, if he won, then I'm going to look like that next show. And that just kind of began to drive the look. And over the years, they, you know, continue... they got, they got bigger, they got harder, you know, the shape changed. And two or three years ago, IFBB came out and they were like, okay, guys, you know, you've taken it to its extreme and we want to, you know, kind of bring it back to what it was originally. And again, while they said that, if you still looked at the guys who were placing well and doing well and winning shows, they still, you know, big, hard, round, vascular, dry, grainy. So it's, it's, it's funny to have them tell you what they want and then to go on stage and to have them actually judge, you know, what, what they deem to be, you know, the best physique. Oftentimes it's, it's not the same thing at all. I understand. So what would you, what would you say is the, the really the main criteria they look for? Cause I noticed a lot of guys, they have like really the wider backs, and then the smaller waist and the tight abs, would you say that's what the judges look for? Um, early on, that's that's what I would say, a lot of abs. Um, it's it's funny because um, I would I would oftentimes train with a bikini pro, um, Shandy Ortiz, right. shout out to her. And I remember I would go and I'd be like, you know, what are you working today? She'd be like, legs. Okay, you know, we go next day, what are you working today? Legs. And then finally I was like, hey, you know, why is it that, you know, we work legs, you know, three, four days out of the week or whatever. And she says, well, you're a physique pro. And I was like, yeah. And she says, well, how many shoulder days do you have? And kind of in that moment, it clicked for me. I was like, oh, you know, literally I could go and work shoulders every day because, you know, as a physique pro, it's kind of like your calling card. You know, I tell people all the time that your shoulders literally can't be too big. If, if If I could sit two cannonballs on my shoulders, that that would just be about right, you know? Right. So it's it's gone from just being like abs and, and arms, I guess, to more shoulders and back. Um and and you know, chest also. Like I said, for for really to be competitive and to be successful, like I said, you really have to look just like a, a smaller version of, of a bodybuilder. Not right. not quite as not quite as dry when it comes to pulling the water, but everything else is is the same. Full muscle bellies, uh, musculature. Uh, they want to make sure that you have good symmetry, not only right to left, but also top to bottom. Um, and it's it's a little different with with you know the physique category because in most other categories you have you know particular poses that you you know you have. Um, what's the word, Uh, mandatories that you have to do. Well, in a physique, you know, competition or presentation, you don't really have mandatories. So, you know, it's, it's like, okay, 
um, keep, keep your abs tight, you know, you know, um, shoulders back, you know, chest up, um, you know, smile, look comfortable, like you're having fun. And you're, you're trying to do all of these things all at the same time and not have it look, you know, awkward. And I tell people all the time, you know, a lot of the times the, the stances that you see or the motions that you see on stage, nobody stands like that in real life or nobody moves like that in real life. It just, it doesn't happen. Right. I understand. So, so I know you mentioned the physique guys are kind of like a smaller version of a bodybuilder right now. What do you, what do you think it is that separates somebody that would say succeed in physique over someone that would succeed in bodybuilding? Is it more of a, a genetics factor or is it more of like a training style that makes a difference really? Um, both. And um, if, if you're going to be a successful open bodybuilder, you have to be 300 pounds in the off season. And right. that, 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 that's a lot of weight and, and not just, just 300 pounds, but I mean, 300 pounds of muscle. Um, so that, it, right. that it's a lot of weight to maintain. Um, it, it's a lot of weight to gain a lot to manage, you know, it's a lot of food to eat. And, and once you start getting that big, you know, other things come along with it. A lot of times you might snore at night. Um, you know, you just, you feel it weighing on your body, you know, your joints and things. Um, so that, that's a whole nother different commitment because in, in order to be successful, you know, they go on stage a lot of times, you know, 240, 250, and, you know, they, they've cut down from like, you know, 300 pounds or what have you. Um, and that, that's just the amount of muscle that they need, you know, to look the part, um, what I would say is in physique, it's almost like a bikini girl. I feel like you almost have to have a very particular frame in order to be successful. Um, okay. You, you need to have a, a small, like a, a naturally small waist. You know, th there's only, if, if you don't have a small waist, then what they will, they'll tell you, tell you to do is to, you know, make your shoulders bigger, make your, make your back bigger so that by contrast, your waist looks smaller. You know, bodybuilding, the, right. the entire sport is about the illusion. But if your waist is, if, if you're naturally thick-waisted, if you're not, you don't have a very small waist, there's only so much you can do. So, you know, you're only going to be so successful. Um, so I would say you have to have, a, you know, a, a particular shape. A lot of times, small waist is going to help. So you see a lot of the top guys, they have small waist. Um, really great tight cores, not just abs. In, in the early days, you could have gotten away with just abs, you know, six packs, eight packs. But nowadays, it's nothing to see 10 packs, you know, obliques, intercostals, right. like really just, you know, the, the entire core, um, you know, needs to be really on, on point. And, and for, for physique guys, more so than some of the other divisions um i would say that it it matters what your face looks like um most of the top physique guys are you know relatively handsome so if if right. you're not you know <laughs> relatively handsome again that, that might be not the division for you right kind of counts against you huh um well, as much as like as, as much as they will say that it, it doesn't 
if if you look at how the actual shows shake out, it absolutely does. But you know, when, when you go on stage and you present the package, you know, they're they're judging everything. The shorts, how they right. fit, how you move, you know, your poses, stage presence, do you look comfortable? All of that comes into you know play. Right. Um, I've been to a lot of a lot of uh amateur shows, a couple of pro shows as well. Mm-hmm. It seems like now there's more physique competitors than there is open bodybuilders. Do you uh-huh. think that's because the physique class is probably more relatable to the average gym goer? Is that not only is it more relatable, but I think Uh it's more attainable, more attainable. Okay. So kind of like a smaller barrier of entry for like a physique guy, as opposed to an open bodybuilder, you would say. Absolutely. Like I said, that's a whole different commitment. I mean, yeah, they're, they're both a lifestyle, but that open bodybuilder that that's really to the nth degree. Um, A lot of the physique guys, you know, when we sit around, we, we talk amongst ourselves, We say that, you know, in 10 years or in 15 years, when people look back and, you know, they they look, you know, at the history of the sport, they're going to say, oh, you know, I want to look like him. I want to look like Andre Ferguson. You know, I want to look like George Brown. I want to look like Raymond Emmons. Not not so much. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Kai Green. He's one of my favorites. But I don't I don't know of a whole lot of people who who seek to have, you know, that that physique. You know what I'm saying? Oftentimes, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, just, it's just too much for, you know, for, for the, the regular sense. everyday person. But, you know, right. they it can. Seems like people are inspired by like, yeah, go ahead. Right. No, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're saying the same thing, actually. Right. I guess it's like people are inspired by like the dedication and the work ethic that those guys put in. But like realistically, as far as ever getting to that size, I don't think that's a goal for most people. Right. Like, well, like I said, it, it brings a whole nother host of, you know, problems that, you know, wow. Or just, you know, concerns. It's it's like I said, any any bodybuilding at any level, any division, pro or amateur, it's not easy. It's hard. Um, you know, lots of pain along the way. Um, I tell people all the time that bodybuilding is one of the few endeavors that literally you're going to have to go out there and fail every day. And then have the wherewithal, you know, to come back again tomorrow, you know, with the same, you know, intensity and, and wherewithal to be like, okay. And, and then, you know, to actually, to, to train for a show, you know, to diet for, you know, three months, four months, five months, what have you, and to get on stage and to sometimes not necessarily, you know, to, to get so vested in that and to not get the result you want, you know, more often than not. You're, you're not going to get the result you want. Like, you know, we say that generally you know, only one guy leaves happy and that's the guy that won, you know, even, right. even second place. Oftentimes they're like, you know, what could I have done better? What could I have done differently? What could I maybe not have done at all? And they're already, you know, back in, in the, you know, in their mind, they're trying to, you know, refine the product again to, you know, to get up there and, and to be even better. So it, it's, it's mentally tough. It's physically tough. So, yeah, it, you know, I, so I, I can understand that being, you know, inspirational to, you know, the, the weekend warrior, the guy that just kind of goes to the gym and yeah, it's. Speaking of which, um, so if we, if you establish that the average person, the average guy, the gym goer wants to have the physique of a, of a uh, men's physique competitor, how, how should they train? Like, is there any particular way that they should go about their training so they can attain that physique? Um, most guys I know and myself included, we, they preach volume. So I'm, it's, I'm never impressed that, Oh, you know, I can, it, cause you know, oftentimes like, you know, we'll be in the gym or whatever. And 
you know, you're pretty big, you know, what do you bench? And I promise you it's, it's, it's not that, or, you know, a lot of times what, what protein do you try or, or do you use? No, it's not. I could tell you, but that's not it. So right. I, I tell people it's, it's volume as opposed to pushing, you know, 315, you know, three or four times. I'd much rather you see push 225, 10 times, 12 times, you know, and then, and then do that maybe for, you know, five or six sets. Um, right. But really, you know, I tell people all the time that, you know, bodybuilding, specifically being a physique competitor, you don't always need a sledgehammer. So it's not, it's not, it's rarely is it about the weight. You know, it's about how you use the weight. It, the weight is just right. a tool. So the, the more that people can kind of understand that and understand that it's not just, you know, what I call like dumb presses, meaning to say just like a, you know, a, a squat where it's, it's just a brute force, you know, or like a, a bench press where it's just, you know, brute force. You know, a lot of times you have to go in the mirror and kind of look and see, okay, well, when I move this way, you know, along this plane, you know, what muscles are being activated? How can I engage them? You know, what would be a good exercise for them, you know, for, for this muscle group or, you know, the particular look that I'm, I'm trying to achieve? Um, as, as much as people think, you know, we're just, you know, just big brutes, just kind of moving heavy weight around. That's rarely the case. Okay. So if I want to yeah, just, you know, a, yeah. a lot of, a lot of volume, right. a lot of volume and people don't understand that really what, what separates bodybuilders from regular people, normal people is diet. People don't understand that really we diet probably nine or 10, 10 months out of the year. You know, it's not always as strict. It's not always as clean. But that's really the one thing that you have absolute control over. You know, in this sport, there's so many things that are going to be outside of your control. You know, who shows up, you know, who's on the judging panel, what their aesthetic is, what they like, um, maybe who they have a personal relationship. Like you, you can't, you know, you, you can't manage any of that. So the things that you can manage, you need to be on top of, you know, P's and Q's all the time. And diet is absolutely paramount. Like people say all the time, you know, abs aren't made in the gym. They're made in the kitchen. Right. And that, that's true. That's true. So then in turn, like, how do I, just the general idea, how would I diet like a physique competitor? Like, is there any type of way you go up? Is there any way in particular you structure your diet? Uh, any food you place priority on? Um, well, you know, like, like any, any person that's trying to build muscle, um, you need, you need protein, you need lots and lots of protein. And typically I, I would suggest, uh, different types of protein because, you know, the body breaks it down and uses it differently. So most bodybuilders I know, they tend to eat six meals a day. Um, you know, the season is kind of broken down into either a bulking season. You know, we sometimes we call it improvement season. And then a cutting phase when you really, you know, try to dial it in to get ready for the shows. Um, so, you know, you might you might bulk for six months or what have you, where you try to put on, you know, good quality muscle. And during that time, you're eating the six meals. Um, a lot of times people will say you need uh, one gram of protein for every uh, one pound of body weight. So if you're, you know, a 200 pound person, you minimum, you need to get 200 grams of protein a day. Um, you know, a lot of times it's going to be white meat. So like, you know, chicken breast, um, 
whitefish. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it'll be like, like very lean beefs. So like 85, 15, or maybe 90, 10. So people will have, you know, those three proteins oftentimes, sometimes, you know, turkey, and then a lot of carbs. People don't understand protein helps you recover, but carbs are what make you big. Okay. You know, carbohydrate. It's what adds, you know, water to the muscle, so to speak. Right. Uh, I know. So, you know, the diets are they're Oftentimes they're very similar. You know, lots of rice, lots of potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, you know, cream of rice. Um, there, there's not a, a whole lot of variation, actually. And, and to people or bodybuilders typically eat, you know, the same meal, maybe, and that's going to sound weird, but they might literally eat the same meal, maybe like 25 times a week, 30 times a week. And when I say that, I mean like, you know, six ounce chicken breast, two cups of white rice, half a cup of, you know, broccoli. Right. They, they may have that meal. I'm, I'm not joking, like 25 times that week. It's a lot. A lot, of the, a lot of repetition. So, I, you, yeah. Um, not during the recording. You mentioned you're a history teacher. Uh, so that means I'm assuming you're working a full eight hours a week, eight hours a day, seven five days a week. How do you find yeah, the time to um, really get your yeah. food in like that? If you have to eat six times a day, does that present a challenge for you? <laughs> um, <laughs> not not so much for me. Um, because literally, what I'll do is I'll 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 teach the class and I'll sit at my desk and I'll eat the food. And depending on what time I start in the day or even in the morning, then it's every two hours after that. So a lot of times I'll get on a schedule where I might eat like, you know, second period, fourth period, sixth period, something like that. And, and you know, my students will come in, Mr. Blunt, you're always eating. You're always eating. Like, you know, yeah. And so, you know, they get vested in it. And even a lot of times, you know, on the rare occasion where I'm not eating the chicken and rice or broccoli, they'll be like, what you're off diet today. So, <laughs> it, you know, they, they kind of, you know, get vested. And as, as my show gets closer, they'll see the diet change and it'll go from me eating, you know, all the carbs to eating, you know, more vegetables, you know, green beans and broccoli and, you know, spinach and stuff like that. And they're just like, Oh, you know, wow. You're, you know, you're getting leaner. You're getting leaner. How many weeks, you know, four weeks, you know, three weeks, two weeks. So that that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine for most most professions, because there's only a handful of guys who are able to, you know, be full time bodybuilders where they make all of their money, you know, just doing this. And even if they make all of their money doing this, it's not necessarily from the bodybuilding. Oftentimes they're coaches who have clients or they're personal trainers or, you know, they work at gyms or own gyms or something like that. Um the great majority of us, yeah, have have a nine to five job. Right. So, so you're gonna really stay busy. So bodybuilding is really it's it's your sport, but it's also a hobby at the same time. Would you say it's a lot, both a lifestyle? And Absolutely. A hobby it's yeah. In 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 the beginning, I used to say that I was a teacher who bodybuilds, and over time, I've become a bodybuilder who teaches. Okay. Uh, meaning to say, you know that that thing has kind of taken priority. Well, um, 2020 has been a, you know, a weird year, of course, <laughs> you know, oftentimes I've, I've come to refer to it as the year that wasn't, <laughs> um, you know, they, they had the Arnold and it was, a, you know, they didn't have crowds there, but they, the competition did go on. 
And then after that, you know, the remainder of the season, at least thus far, has been canceled. So I was looking at the Olympia qualification series, and there's actually a good number of athletes that have already qualified for the Olympia 2020. So perhaps it'll still go on this year. I don't know. I haven't really seen any guidance from the IFBB. Um, but, you know, it's so late in the year with the gyms being closed and people having to resort to, you know, jailhouse workouts and things like that. It's going to be really interesting to see if there is an Olympia, um, number one, and then, you know, what do the athletes look like and so on and so forth. Yeah, I've, I've pretty much kind of resolved to, um, I'll probably not compete this year. I understand. Um, are you able to work out right now? Is there any restrictions on your workouts? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm fortunate that uh, my, my fiance, she owns two gyms. Right. So for a while there, they were even they were close to the public, but we would go and sneak in, you know, little workouts here and there. Um, not so much here lately in the past couple of weeks, but I, you know, from what I understand, restrictions are looking at being lifted sometime soon. So, but you know, I've I, people have been asking me, you know, well, you know, what do you do? What do you do? You know, you do what you can actually, and kind of like I was saying earlier in the interview manage the things you can control the things you can control and that's diet and diet. It's not just what you eat, but it's how often it's combinations, it's portion. So, you know, really take all of, and, and the more that you can't be in the gym to me, the more focus you need to place on the diet. That's where the discipline needs to come in. Okay. So really just because, you know, what I tell people all the time is, it, it didn't take, you know, you, you didn't build that body in, you know, a month or five weeks. Now, yes, it's always easier to destroy than build. But if you didn't build it in a, in a month or whatever, it's not going to fall apart in a month, especially if, you know, your diet's on point. Okay. So just really focus on just having the diet as, as good as you can get it, if not 100%. And Absolutely. just don't. And 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 the other the other half of that is cardio. Cardio. So you know you you can still get out and you know do do the cardio. Right. So say if you were if you were trying to bulk or gain weight before the um, before the the pandemic happened, would you say it's (laughs) that's me? That's me. I I was in the bulking phase. Yeah. Um. You know it it's going to be tough to find enough resistance. To, to, you know, for you to use to actually to, to, to increase muscle size. So, you know, I would say that's probably going to fall by the wayside. But really what you want to do is, like I said, control diet and just make sure that you're pushing the blood in, like you're pushing the blood through. So, like I said, jailhouse workouts where, you know, lots of push-ups, lots of, you know, pull-ups and um, you know, dips and, and, you know, things like that. The idea is just, you know, to kind of, you know, push the nutrients around, you know, in, in the muscle. Okay. If, if you're doing that pretty consistently, yeah, it, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have the same gains you would have had you been going to, you know, a fully functional gym, but you're not going to have fallen off as much as you might've would have thought. Okay. Because, you know, you're still using those muscles. You're, you know, you're stimulating, like you're, you're getting the, you know, the nutrients in like, and, and like I said, that's why I preach volume. 
because it's really about pushing the nutrients in. That's that's what's going to help you build muscle. Okay, so just doing a lot of sets uh, so you can get the blood flowing and and get the blood where you want it to go so you can exactly. bring the muscle up. Okay. And and even you know once you're in the you know when when you're going through the workout, go ahead and practice the posing. You know to to send the blood into the muscles and to get accustomed to say oh you know this is what it feels like. Okay. So that you know you you get accustomed to knowing what it because you know when you're out there on stage and you're going through the routine or whatever you you know you you can't see right so in order for you to know that you're in the right pose you have to feel it okay so that, so that just kind right. of comes again with you know repetition so that comes from just practice which is is kind of, it's kind of hard for some guys because you know a lot of times you know you're in the gym or whatever. And people are like, yes, we get it. We see you. You're big. You're muscular. You know, you've won. You've, you've lifted all the weights. <laughs> all the weights. But it's, it's not that you're showing off. It's, it's that, you know, you're actually practicing your craft, you know, so that when you get on stage, you know, it, like I said, it looks natural because none of those poses, no, nobody stands, you know, with their hands on their hip, you know, lairds, uh, their lats flared and, you know, it, it, no, you, you would, you would look, you know, like a fool standing on a, a street corner like that, or, you know, in the grocery store or what have you. Right. Um, so in order to pull it off with, you know, any convincing, you, you know, you really have to practice it. Right. Uh, I know you mentioned earlier, cardio is important. Uh, coming from an athletic background, is there any type of cardio you recommend or that any kind that you do in particular? Um, all right. So typically when you talk about cardio, people, people tend to break it down in, into two categories, either steady state cardio or hit cardio. And steady state cardio would be something like getting on the stepper or getting on the treadmill and maybe just going for, you know, 25, 35 minutes, what have you, just straight. Okay. And, you know, that's good. It will burn calories and it will lean you out. But what I would ask people is if you look at, if you look at people who run track, okay, um, would you want to look more like a hundred meter person or somebody who runs the 1600 meter or, you know, the mile? Right. Yeah, they're both lean, but that sprinter is probably going to have muscle. So what I preach is hit, you know, high intensity cardio. Okay. So whereas, you know, you might get on the bike and, you know, go all, well, you know, warm up or what have you, but, you know, go all out for a minute, 30 seconds rest and all out for a minute. And the idea is that cardio, not only is it going to lean you out, but it's going to help you build muscle also. Okay. So basically just, you say going all out, just as hard as you can for as, a few minutes. As fast as you can okay. go. Yeah. As fast as you can go for, for a minute. minute. And, then you rest, and rest you know, minute. I, I would tell people to start with like, start with like 15, start with like 15 minutes and then try to increase from there. Um, you know, get on the bike, maybe what have you warm up for two or three minutes and sprint hard as you can. 30 seconds. Okay. Minute rest, 30 seconds. Minute rest. If you make it to 15 minutes, you will be winded and you'll be like, whoa, this, uh, I, I see what he was talking about. Okay. And that's, and, and then just kind of slowly increase. From okay. There. And that's how you, you know, uh, 15 minutes becomes 17 minutes. Um, that's, that's the cardio I use when I'm in prep, when I'm, when I'm cutting, when I'm trying to get lean for a show. Um, a lot of times people will do what they call just maintenance cardio. 
And that might just be like 20 minutes, maybe three times a week, four times a week. And that's just, you know, on the stepper, on the rower, um, on the treadmill, you know, the body begins to burn fat after about 20 minutes. It, it, it's, it's used all of its stores and then it has to go to another, another uh, source in order to, to fuel that activity. So then it goes to burning fat. So typically people, like I say, will do 20 minutes and that's, that's just when the body begins to burn fat. So if they're just trying to maintain or, you know, they're trying to do a clean bulk where they're gaining, you know, muscle and, you know, it's different gaining weight and gaining muscle. They aren't the same thing. But if, you know, you're looking to gain weight to, to build muscle, a lot of times people will just do, you know, just what we call maintenance cardio. And a lot of times that's going to be steady state where you just, you know, you get on and you just put the earphones on or run a hoodie up and, like I said, you may walk, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, three times a week, four times a week. And it's, it's just to kind of keep your fat, your weight, you know, where it is right now. You, you don't want to gain, you, you want, you only want clean gains. You want, you know, um, a, a clean bulk okay. as opposed to just kind of eating everything in sight, getting as big as a house and then having to, you know, dial it back in later in the season. Um, most me personally, and most of the people that I've talked to, they've come to understand that you may get bigger, but you don't actually build more muscle and you have to work harder in the cutting phase to cut all of that fat off. Okay. So you, you know, you work harder and oftentimes you don't necessarily achieve a better product. Okay. So are you doing cardio year round then? Me personally, am I doing cardio year round? Um, my coach is going to hear this. No, <laughs> I, I don't do cardio year round. Um, I mean, I, I do more cardio than the average person. Okay. Do I do more cardio than the average bodybuilder? Probably not. Okay. Um, I, you know, like nowadays, I'm probably doing like 20 minutes twice a week. Okay. And so you're still staying pretty, pretty lean then? Yeah. Um, most physique competitors try to stay less than 10% body okay. fat. And would you say that's a challenge right now? Or is that really just something you do out of habit? Is it just part of your lifestyle? Um, <laughs> a little bit of both right now because just it, everything's unprecedented. So a lot of times people are just, they're at home. And the refrigerator's there, and it's it's so easy to just go and eat, you know, off diet. Um, you know, you kind of lack structure. You lack, you know, kind of, and not to say you lack the discipline, but it's it's just it's so much easier because you're just you're at the house and nothing to do. It, you know, it's not even that you're hungry; it's that you're bored right. oftentimes. So it has kind of been a challenge, yes. Um, but, you know, not not typically because that, that's not typically the case. Um, but, yeah, my diet has been very lax over the past. Like I said, I, I began this year, you know, bulking, trying to bulk or what have you. And then with, you know, the pandemic and everything closing down and then just being sequestered in the house, it's taken on a whole different thing. So everything's just kind of on pause right now. So, you know, I, I lift when I can. 
Um, I do cardio when I can. Um, typically, I would probably eat like, I would have like maybe, maybe, maybe one cheat meal a day. Like one, one of my six meals would, of, of my six meals, five would be clean and one would be whatever I wanted. Okay. In normal times. Now, um, you know, I still eat pretty clean, three or four clean meals a day. But I've been having, you know, some like I, I had a, had a milkshake today, which is really rare. Um, now that being said, I, I couldn't tell you the last. No, probably the last time I had a milkshake was maybe like six months ago. Um, but you know, since you know we've been in the house, I've been having things that are off diet. Um, you know, ice cream and lots of pastries and you know things right. like that. So even though you like to enjoy your diet. Uh, sometimes you don't really beat yourself up about, you know, going off the beaten path a little bit. Well, no, because I've come to understand that it, it's a marathon. Uh-huh. It, you know what I'm saying? It's it, the idea is that you have to come back again tomorrow. Right. So I, I tell people all the time that, it, you know, don't you you can build whatever you want. Like it, I show pictures of me when I, I first yeah, began, I, I was, you know, a hundred and. 6,570 pounds soaking wet. And now I kind of walk around, I'm, you know, 210, 212 ish. Um, so it, it, it's possible. You, you can build whatever you want. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to hurt along the way. But if you just stick with, like I said, don't ever let the gym get the better of you. Just commit to, all right, I'll come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. It's it, it's not a it, it is a marathon. It's a marathon at 100 meter pace. Like it, it's a marathon at sprinter's pace, but it is a marathon. Okay. Well, so how can I keep myself motivated if I'm if I'm constantly getting discouraged? Like how can I how can I stick stick to the marathon? Well, because you're gonna if you're putting in the work and you're being consistent about that, your body's gonna begin to change. And like they say, when you see your body changes, that's gonna spur you on. Oh, you know, my biceps are bigger. Oh, you know, my back is broader. Oh, you know, my, my, I have more cuts in my quads or what have you. So what I would say is look in the mirror and honestly evaluate yourself and see where you can improve, where you can get it, where you can get better, you know, do the research to find those exercises, those movements. And I say, I tell people, marry it, marry it. Um, You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you got to rest it. No, that's not the theory I subscribe to. I feel like if you were like a worker who did like labor every day, you know, you couldn't just show up to work one day and just be like, yeah, boss, I ain't got it. <laughs> right. You know, you got, you got to find a way. So the same sort of thing. And, you know, the body is, it's super adaptive. It's super smart. So that's why you have to, you know, change up the workouts because it's only going to do what you're asking it to do. So if you're always asking it to do the same thing, it's going to get accustomed to doing that and only that. So every so often you need, you know, to change the routine, change the workout, add different, you know, lifts, um, you know, because I'm, I'm older now, a lot of times I use machines and cables. Um, but when I'm cutting, I try to use, you know, more so dumbbells. And the idea is that, you know, you have to use those little stabilizer muscles, you know, to keep everything in place or whatever. Whereas that's not necessarily the case when you're on the machine, it just kind of puts you in the perfect position and, you know, just go for it. Okay. So, you know, you, you want to 
switch up the workout, I would say every, every couple of weeks. And, you know, you, you have to set milestones along the way, um, you know, to, to get to the, you know, the, the eventual goal, you know, it, it may be, you know, gain a certain amount of weight or, you know, increase, you know, your bench this much or, you know, Im- improve your, your squat this much or so on and so forth. But you got to have little milestones along the way to kind of spur you along and, and kind of track your progress. Okay. So, um, so just kind of to summarize, say I'm a guy I've, I have, I used to be an athlete in high school or I'm not exactly the most fit guy right mm-hmm. now. How, could you give me some, just a ba- a basic summary of how I can get some better results in the gym? Um, what I would say is start slow, you know, oftentimes people will try to make too many changes all at once. Oh, I'm going to, you know, drink a gallon of water. Oh, I'm going to eat clean. Oh, da, 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 da. and, and they'll do that thing or, you know, those things for maybe like a month. And then in five weeks, they go back to being themselves. So what I tell people is, like I said, it's a marathon. So you really want to do it bit by bit. So over the first, you know, week or two, I say just focus on water. Like focus on getting a gallon of water. And trust me, if you're not a water drinker, to get a gallon of water in a day, that that's going to be a task for you. And then once you get accustomed to getting that water in, it might take a week, 10 days, two weeks, what have you okay, you're getting water, you're feeling good. Okay, so now let's look at the diet, you know, and then you you go and you look at the diet. And again, you want to add the protein, like we said, one gram for every pound of body weight. So, you know, if you're a 200 pound man or 180 pound man, you want to be getting a minimum of, you know, 180 grams of protein a day. Um, like we said, spread out over, you know, six meals. And the idea about having the smaller, more smaller meals throughout the day is that it's going to increase your metabolism. Like we said, your body's, your body's super smart. So you could look at it like if you have a job and you get paid every Friday, there's not really any incentive to save money because, hey, you're going to get paid every Friday. Well, your body's the same way. If it becomes accustomed to getting something regularly, then there's no reason to store. Okay. So if, if you're, if you're feeding your body, you know, clean foods every two or three hours, your body's like, Oh, we're no, we're going to get some more than another, you know, 90 minutes, two hours. Let's go ahead and burn this up. So, you know, slowly, but surely your, your metabolism will increase and you'll, you'll feel it because in the beginning, it will be hard for you to eat those meals throughout the day. You won't want them. What time to eat again. Uh, It's some bullshit. You know, I I don't even want it. It don't taste good. But what will happen is that as your body begins to burn it as fuel, you know, you, wow, okay, I am hungry. You know, whereas in the beginning, it might be like, okay, of my six meals, I only really want and enjoy the first two or three. But they'll get to a point where, yeah, you're going to literally look forward to all six meals and you're going to be counting the minutes like, okay, how, how much longer before I can eat again? Okay. Because you know your body's become more efficient, and it, it's burning up the fuel almost as you consume it. Okay, uh, so what are some uh, so how what's a good way to structure your diet? I, I have a feeling that if you're eating a full uh protein protein a full six times a day, it'll be kind of easier to not want to cheat. So should I be eating like 
say for instance brown rice and and green veggies with that or or oatmeal in the morning or um you know it's i always i tell people you know the more you tell me the better answer i can give you um but just generally speaking you want you want to stay away all right so here's the thing carbs don't make you fat okay okay fat doesn't make you fat what makes you fat is sugars and processed foods so like i said you know the first thing would be like i'll tell people oh you know worry about getting the water in and then once they get the water we'll move on and i'll say okay well you know after two weeks or whatever you probably want to go ahead and look at your diet you want to cut out all sorts of sugars and processed foods so like all your sodas and chips and white bread and things like that, that's actually what's going to make you fat. Um, and, you know, and there's, there's some science behind it, but we could talk about it if you really want to. But basically, you want to have, you want to give your body clean fuel. And the more you can do that, the more consistently you can do that, your metabolism will speed up. And you'll start to, whatever your goals are, it's going to make you much, much more likely to actually, you know, meet your goals. So whereas, like I tell people all the time, you know, my diet is boring, but my body isn't. (laughs) I like that. So it, you know, it it becomes a little easier when, like I said, you start to see the results. Oh, you know, my, my abs are popping or, oh. You know, I'm, I'm making, you know, gains in my chest or, you know, my legs are getting bigger or, you know, then then it becomes a little easier, you know, to eat that that third or fourth meal of, you know, chicken and rice or, you know, chicken and potatoes or what have you. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of times it's it's just going to be if, if you're trying to build muscle, what I would say is you want to have, um, you know, ideally complex carbs. So that they feed your body for a longer period of time. So that's going to be like your oatmeal, your brown rice, your quinoa, things like that. Um, and then as as you get acclimated to that, then you can start to work in some of the faster carbs, things like white rice and cream of rice and things like that, because, you know, they, they get in the bloodstream a little faster. Um, but, yeah, initially, like I said, protein helps the body repair. Carbs make you big. So really, you want to focus on protein okay. and carbs. All right. Um, is, is there any uh, fat source in particular? Since you're focusing on protein and carbs, how do I some uh, healthy fats in there? Okay. Healthy fats. Healthy fats. Well, typically, um, typically you probably want to have, like I said, th- there's a ratio for protein. Um, for carbs, I would say anywhere between like 150 to maybe – you know, if, you, if you're really trying to bulk and put on some weight, you could maybe even have as many as like 300, 400 carbs a day. Um, fats, you probably want to keep your fats hmm, 50, 60 grams, something like that. And you want clean fats. So, you know, your um, things, you know, nuts. And, I, you know, you want the, the lace processed, the better. So I would say nuts as opposed to like peanut butter, um, you know, coconut oil is a good fat, um, fish oil, um, you like avocados. I like those personally. 
Yeah. Av- yeah. Avocados, good fat. Yeah. And you know, in any healthy fat and you want to, tr- like I said, keep it depending on where you are, your bulk, your cut um, in your bulk. If, if you're trying to gain weight, you could probably have as much as like, I would say as much as like maybe 60 grams of fat a day. And if you're cutting, uh, you probably cut it down to maybe like, you know, right okay. around 30 grams a day. So, you know, some, somewhere in that range. Well, um, it sounds like we got some pretty good work info in. Uh, pretty good background about you as well. So if uh, so if people want to follow you, is there any way they can like get in touch with you or maybe uh, any social media you can provide for us? Yeah, I'm I'm super accessible. Um, Facebook, you know, just Travolis Blunt. Um, there is a, a pro page. It's IFBB Travolis Blunt. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram. Same handle, IFBB Pro Travolis Blunt. Um, my email, because my name is somewhat unique, it's literally just Travalis at Gmail. So, you know, if you have questions or comments, concerns, or, you know, just want to chop it up, like I said, I'm, I'm a regular everyday guy. I, I teach history and just, you know, every so often I get a chance to, you know, to stand on stage with, you know, some of the best athletes in the world. So, yeah, reach out to me. I'd, I'd love to, you know, field any questions. Oh, you hear that or, guy? You know, so he's open, he's open book. He's highly acceptable. So if you have any questions, just hit him up. You can explain it if you like, you know, what he was talking about. And get Absolutely. All right. And, you know, I, I do do some coaching and, and things like that. So, you know, if you had questions, you know, about diet that we didn't quite touch on or workouts. And I tell people all the time that, yeah, I really excel in the gym. So, you know, if you're trying to build a particular body part, that that's where I'm I, I, I'm really good at. Uh, coming up with different workouts and different movements. Um, so yeah, re- you know, reach Perfect. out. Uh, thanks for, please. thanks for coming on the show and talking about talking uh, with us and sharing some of that knowledge with us. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'd, I'd love to great. do it again at some point. All right.